what were Emmanuel Macron, Justin Trudeau, Boris Johnson and Princess Anne talking about at the NATO conference in London? What's with this crazy shit about a Yang meteor blackout? By the way, Europe doesn't think about Washington as a stable partner anymore. What's with this false narrative about Pete Buttigieg and black voters? On this episode, I'm going to be talking about all of this and how this next election in 2020 is the Democrats to lose. Listen. So, there's so much that I want to get to on this episode of my podcast. But I think the first thing I want to start with is obviously the 2020 elections. I honestly believe that this election is the Democrats' election to lose. And if they aren't careful, they will lose it. And this is why I think that there's a chance that Democrats will lose this election again. Because first of all, there is absolutely no reason that the Democrats should have lost in 2016, right? Like, if you're, you know, not thinking about the Russian interference or the Electoral College overruling the American people, you start with the fact that Democrats don't know how to look at the big picture. They get so caught up in all of the bickering and all of the, oh, you're not progressive enough and you're centrist, that they don't realize that the opponents are in each other maybe in the primaries, but in the general elections, the opponents are in the two sides of the Democratic Party. The opponents are the Republicans, which is something that Republicans seem to understand and it's why they win elections. There were a lot of Republicans who didn't like Donald Trump during the primaries in 2016. They hated him. They called him xenophobic. They called him racist. They called him a joke, yada, yada, yada. But the moment that he won the primary and became the nominee, they all fell in line because they realized that it's better to have a guy that they hated who would at least push their agendas forward than to have someone from the Democratic Party who would definitely not do that for them. So they stayed focused on the big picture. Supreme Court justices trying to overturn Roe v. Wade and all the other shit that they want to do. And they got that. And so they rallied behind Trump and they have stood by him ever since. Even though one could argue that right now they should be standing behind their country and not their party. But I feel like when it's an election season, that is something that Democrats fail to grasp. The fact that the people that you're fighting aren't other Democrats. They're Republicans and they're shitty policies that do nothing but hurt people. Right now, Bernie Sanders supporters are doing the exact same thing they did in 2016. The progressives are doing this stupid, stupid purity test, trying to see who is, the, who is more woke than the other person. And if they feel like you're not woke enough for them, they're attacking you. And they're doing all of this bad faith, stupid, ridiculous criticisms that are so disingenuous. It's so crazy. And then what happened when someone like maybe Pete Buttigieg or Joe Biden become the nominee? 
are they going to do the exact same thing they did to Hillary and just sit out the votes and be like, you know what, fuck it. I, this person isn't progressive enough, so I'm not going to vote. It's like, I don't feel like Democrat, Democrats, especially the, pro, the super progressive side, because I'm of the opinion that every Democrat is, is progressive. Because on most of the issues, they pretty much agree. They just have different ways of approaching them. And by the way, I feel like the moderate side of the Democratic Party may not be as loud on Twitter as the so-called progressive side, but they're the ones who actually show up to vote. And to win this election in 2020, Democrats don't only need the so-called progressive base. They need the moderates. They need independents. They need honestly, moderate conservatives. And so if they keep this thing going where they're just bickering and throwing mud on each other, like I've been reading a lot of articles over this last few days about how they've gone from calling Pete Buttigieg everything from racist to homophobic. And in my head, I'm thinking there are no basis for this. First of all, I really don't know how anyone can look at a guy who is openly gay and married and think he's homophobic, but I guess the progressive Democrats, the so-called progressive Democrats don't think that way. This litmus test that they're doing, this purity test doesn't help anyone. All it does is pretty much ensure that Republicans win the election again in 2020. So if Democrats can't get their shit together and focus on the issues that really matter, then, you know, they might as well just give up now. Because no matter what you think about Hillary Clinton, no matter how much you don't like her or don't trust her, which I really don't understand where that comes from, but no matter what you think of Hillary Clinton, there's so much that this administration has done that Hillary would not have done. She wouldn't have pulled the U.S. out of the Paris Climate Accord. She wouldn't have pulled the U.S. out of the Iran nuclear deal. She wouldn't be trying to take away health care from millions of Americans. Women's reproductive rights wouldn't be in danger. LGBTQ rights wouldn't be in danger. Trans people would still be able to serve their country in the military. And the list goes on and on and on and on. And by the way, there wouldn't be two more far-right conservative justices on the Supreme Court. But I guess the so-called liberal base and the people who watch the Young Turks and all of that shit didn't think of that when they were doing, oh, oh, Bernie didn't win, so I'm not going to vote or I'm going to just sit this one out. So I'm going to write in some shit, whatever the fuck it is that they wrote in last election. Anyway, the long story short is Democrats need to get their shit together and focus that they may be the, the different candidates may be competing in the primaries but at the end of the day the end game is to beat donald trump in the elections in november of november of next year that's the end game moving on i really want to take a moment to talk about this false narrative that is being pushed all over social media and even honestly the media about how Pete Buttigieg has a problem with black people. First of all, and I feel like as a black person, I can say this. First of all, if you're not Joe Biden, if you're not Joe Biden in this primary race, you have, you don't particularly have an issue with black people. It's more like you're polling shittily with black people, right? He's literally the only one, the 
only one that has any kind of substantial black support. Bernie Sanders doesn't, Elizabeth Warren doesn't, Pete Buttigieg doesn't, Cory Booker doesn't, Kamala Harris doesn't. Which, by the way, it really, really sucks that Kamala Harris jumped out of the race. And I mean, it kind of breaks my heart. But I know that we're going to see more of her. She's an incredible woman. She's an incredible politician. So I'm not worried. She's going to do great. But back to the point I'm trying to make. Joe Biden is the only person in this race who has substantial Black support. So I don't understand why people keep pushing this narrative that like Black people don't like Pete Buttigieg. They don't know him. Which, honestly, I feel like puts him in a much better position than Bernie Sanders or Elizabeth Warren or Cory Booker or Julian Castro or any of the other billions of people who are running in the primary. Because Bernie Sanders has obviously been in politics for decades and he's been around for a long time and he was vice president to Barack Obama. So that gives him incredible name recognition and cred for the black community. Bernie Sanders has also been in politics since, since I mean, since Pete was in high school, longer maybe, I don't know, but he's been in politics for decades and he still is pulling at what, 11% or something with black voters. Elizabeth Warren has been in politics for a long time and she's still pulling at less than 10% with black voters. Cory Booker has 3% with black voters. I don't even know what the polling numbers for Holy and Castro is, but I'm pretty sure it's not more than 3%. So I don't understand why people keep pushing this narrative that Pete Buttigieg has a problem with black people. Like he's the only one that isn't polling well with black people. Most people don't know him. We all have to remember that he basically became like a figure in national politics this year like a few months ago. So it's not like he has this institutional ties with the black community, but I feel like the more, which honestly gives him a chance to go out into these communities and talk to them and talk about his vision for America, which is what he's doing. You know, so it's just, it's, I feel like it's so disingenuous to keep pushing this narrative that, oh, Pete doesn't like have, Pete has a problem with black people. Pete has a problem with black voters. He doesn't, like I said, Joe Biden is the only person who is polling well with black voters and all the other candidates, Bernie, Warren, Buttigieg, Cory Booker, all of them all have to make the effort for black people to, you know, they have to deserve to the vote of black people. And Pete has a job of introducing himself. Bernie and Warren have been around for a long time. And if they're still polling at 11% and whatever, 6% or 7% or whatever it is they're polling at, that's not great for them. So I feel like the media and social media needs to just stop pushing that narrative because honestly, it's ridiculous. And it makes it seem like, I don't know, like black people are monolithic, which they aren't. So it's it's a little bit crazy. So we need to kind of drop that right now. Another thing that um, on my Twitter, every time I go on Twitter, yeah, I see a lot of this um, Yang media blackouts hashtags. <laughs> I know I shouldn't be laughing, but I find it really funny, especially because Yang hasn't been doing great in the polls. Yeah, maybe the Yang gang is yelling at everyone online. But at the same time, my personal thing with Yang is that I don't think he has any substantial policies 
I mean, literally the only thing that I know about him is that he wants to give $1,000 to every American adult every month, which he doesn't seem to know how he's going to pay for it. And honestly, that is not a policy. Like people aren't looking for handouts. They're looking for a government that works for everyday Americans. They're not looking for government that's going to give them money. They're looking for a government with a system that works. They want a healthcare system that works, an education system that works, infrastructures that work. They want jobs that pay. They want policies and a government that works for Americans. That's what they want. And in all the debates and in interviews that I've watched of Andrew Yang, I feel like there is nothing he says, honestly, that really strikes me as someone who has a real vision for the future of America. I mean, I feel like and I'm, I'm, I try not to be biased, but the reason that I'm drawn to Pete Buttigieg is because he seems to be the only one who kind of understands the direction that America needs to go in. I feel like when he talks about the future of America, he seems to, he approaches it from the place where he understands, like he knows where we're coming from. And he understands that there's a vision, like he has a vision for where the country needs to be going. And until some other candidate does that, I don't see how, honestly, I feel like Pete is going to keep rising in the polls because there is a reason that he's resonating with voters. It's because when you listen to him, you listen and you hear the America that you want, the America that you want to see, the America that you want to live in. I mean, it helps that he's crazy brilliant. He's crazy intelligent. But and my, I've always, I've always had this thought. Yeah, like the best way to know when someone is truly intelligent is if they can simplify complex ideas. And I don't think there's anyone in this race who does that better than Pete Buttigieg. I feel like there isn't any single person in this race that can simplify ideas that are so complex in a way that the average person who, you know, didn't go to Harvard or doesn't have, uh, isn't a Rhodes Scholar will understand. He talks about things plainly and honestly and genuinely. And I feel like that's what makes him resonate, you know, and I don't know that there's any other person in this race who does that. I mean, I'm not hiding the fact that I've never been a Bernie Sanders fan. I wasn't in 2016. I'm not now. I, I can't, honestly, like listening to him talk, it's like hard work for me because, I mean, I just, I can't with the yelling and with the every question leads back to healthcare. And I think healthcare is important. I just feel like, honestly, all of this yelling and all of, because I just... This idea that progressives have, that it's my way or the highway, that if you're not leaning all the way to the far left, that you're a Republican or you're a centrist and so you're bad, is the reason why no one likes progressives and no one likes liberals. It really is the reason. And at the end of the day, as much as we want to think that voters vote based on policies, there are some who do, but a huge number of voters vote on how the candidates make them feel, if they can connect with the candidates on some level. And that can, 
you know, presents itself in so many different ways. It went in a shitty way because Donald Trump basically tapped into the anger and the fake out, the outrage and the, you know, the racism and all of the shit. And that's how he won in 2016. But I feel like Bernie taps into this anger, like, I hate rich people and tear down the system and let's be anarchists. That doesn't work in modern society. So one of two things is going to happen if someone like Bernie or Elizabeth Warren becomes president. They would have to either move to the middle or they would not get anything done, especially if in 2020 there is still the Republican majority in the Senate. And I feel like that's something voters need to really take into consideration. The difference with Pete's ideas is that he has ideas that Americans, whether you're Republican or you're Democrat, can get behind because they make sense. They don't overtly tax the American people. They're not divisive. So, you know, I don't, I guess if you're a Bernie person, nothing I'm going to say is going to change your mind. But honestly, I just don't see how he wins in 2020. Also, yeah, so... I was talking about Yang. Andrew Yang, I feel like, would make a great cabinet secretary. But Andrew Yang as president, I'm sorry, guys, but it's not happening in 2020. It just isn't. It really isn't going to happen. So, you know, the Yang gang has kind of have to come to has to kind of come to terms with it as soon as possible. Okay, so moving on. I read this. There was this um, article on the New York Times yesterday. I don't remember the name of the writer. But basically it was how liberal Europe is realizing that they can't look to Washington to be a stable partner anymore because of Donald Trump. It's kind of something that I've been worried about since he won in 2016. It's not that he's a shitty president because he is. And honestly, I, it still just baffles me that he even made it that far and became the president. It's the fact that all of his policies, especially foreign policy, the damage he has done to U.S. credibility in the world as an international leader, as a superpower, as a global power, is going to outlast his administration, whether he's there for four years or whether he's hopefully not there for eight years he has turned america into a joke he has destroyed the world system that was built after world war ii and honestly i don't blame the leaders in europe who are worried about this because i'm sure their thinking is okay let's say he doesn't get reelected in 2020. And there's a new person who values the allies that America has in Europe and around the world and seeks to, you know, reestablish that credibility and reestablish and renew those relationships. What happens if someone like Trump or someone, you know, someone like him gets reelected again? And then all of those, all that work that went into reestablishing those relationships just get jeopardized all over again. That's the problem with electing someone who has no, who honestly is just an idiot who is trying to promote himself. That's my biggest fear. And the fact that Europe is going through that is just like, it's kind of surreal in a way 
because it just shows that like, the next president has so much work to do, which is something I've liked about Pete Buttigieg from the very beginning. It's like when he says that one of the first things that the next president is going to have to do is going to be to reestablish U.S. credibility in the world. I feel like that's something that, you know, it's going to take a lot of work. And that's something that cannot happen if Trump or someone like him is ever president of the United States again, because he has done so much damage that I don't even know how long it's going to take to repair it. Like, it's going to take a while. And I really don't know how people keep supporting him. I really don't know how anyone can call themselves an intelligent person and support Donald Trump. I get that some people are conservative, and that's fine. You know, we don't all have to think the same way and approach government and politics the same way. But Donald Trump is just, (laughs) I, I, I mean, you could put a bottle of water in the Oval Office and that bottle of water would do a much better job than Donald Trump would do. He's honestly the worst idea. He's like a parody of a president. You know, like if you're watching like some really shitty comedy and there's a parody of what a president is like, I don't remember. There's a film about that. I don't remember what it's called, but there's a film with like where the president is just a total lunatic and a total idiot that doesn't know what the fuck he's doing. And that's what Donald Trump is. And you can see that in at the NATO conference in London. You could see how other world leaders react to him since he's been president, basically. Other world leaders have just thought of him as just a crazy fucking person. It's like they cannot believe that this is the person that the United States elected to represent them in the world. I mean, (laughs) it still baffles me. So if Democrats don't get their shit together, they're going to lose again in 2020, and then it will be their fault. It will be the fault of the Democratic voters because they can't seem to get their shit together and realize there's so much more to politics than getting your way. It's like sometimes you have to compromise because there are a, there's a vast majority of Americans who don't think the way you do. So you need to find a middle ground. Trump is what happens when you cannot find a fucking middle ground. That's what happens. I mean, we also saw that video of Macron, Emmanuel Macron and Justin Trudeau and Boris Johnson and Princess Anne discussing Trump and you could just tell that they were just like baffled by the idiocy that he was displaying, which is what he's been doing the entire time. I mean, his thing is, oh, fuck our allies. Let's go make be friends with our adversaries. He's doing this shitty trade war with China, which I don't even know if he has an end game because it doesn't seem to be one or even some kind of strategy with it. He's doing the thing, the entire situation with North Korea. I don't understand why he gave any kind of legitimacy to that situation because, oh my God, Democrats everywhere need to fix they need to fix this. They need to realize. And I honestly, I feel like the problem of the Democrats is not the moderate. The problem the Democratic Party has is their woke, politically correct, quote unquote, progressive, all the way to the left people. It's like, without that part of the party, honestly, the Democratic Party will be much better because that side of the party doesn't seem to know what the fuck is up. 
like it's almost like they don't realize how much is at stake and they're willing to jeopardize if they don't get their way they're like kids throwing a tantrum really (sighs) anyway i say this all to say the election in 2020 is the democrats to lose if they're not careful if they repeat the mistakes of 2016 democrats will lose again in 2020 and it will be their fault and then Honestly, if Democrats lose in 2020, they literally just forfeit the right to, you know, complain about anything that Republicans do. I mean, Republicans are a mess. They're basically the party of Russia at this point with their conspiracy theories and their fucking corruption. So Democrats literally have everything that they need to win this. That They can just focus on the big picture. Anyway, that's enough of my ranting for today. Um, thanks for listening, guys, and please subscribe and share, and, you know, if you have any comments or whatever, leave a comment on my podcast. All right, bye. Thank you for listening to this episode of Critically Thinking About Shit. On the next episode, I really want to examine why it seems like all of the lower polling candidates in this Democratic primary race seem to be jealous of Pete Buttigieg and his rise in the polls. For a party that tends to hold itself to a higher moral standard, wouldn't it be better to criticize a candidate based on his policies and not on bad faith personal attacks? Please subscribe and share and listen to the podcast. Thank you. This is Critically Thinking About Shit. Subscribe, download, and share. If you like what you heard today, tune in next week for a brand new episode where I'll be talking about whatever is on my mind next week. Okay, bye guys.